Welcome to War Dove Podcast. Warring Dove International is a kingdom organization focused on building local and global partnerships, equipping ministry leaders, and raising up a company of warriors who, like a dove, have eyes to pursue one thing, the king. Thank you for tuning in today as our founder, Lisa McFarland, shares her message. Thank you for tuning in as we are launching our adventure series. Walking with God is much like going on an adventure. And today, Lisa McFarland will be sharing with you some helpful insights of how to successfully navigate this journey you're on with God. We hope you enjoy. But on July the 31st, 2006, Jesus came into my room in Ecuador. And he took me out of my body. And he took me to heaven and he said, now you will go to the nations. And from that day forward, man, I have been in the nations. I waited all those years and all of a sudden on a day I didn't even know God was going to show up I had already in my mind abandoned that ministry abandoned the dream given up, Not didn't pray for it didn't ask for it, didn't think about it didn't plan for it, didn't prepare for it because it's over I screwed it up or God you screwed it up or you lied or you betrayed me or somebody betrayed me and often we get to that place and, 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 we, and we forget that God is supernatural. That it only takes one. One what? One day. God shows up that one day and everything in my life changed. God shows up on the road to Damascus and reveals himself to Paul and everything changes. Just one. Just one. One way. One anything. One. One word. Come out. Get up. Be quiet. Be still. Doesn't take a lot. I'm sure that the people uh, couldn't believe it that when Jesus just took one step out of the boat at Gadara and the demons and that man began to scream, Jesus, why have you come to torment us? We know who you are. Did he say anything? Had he started preaching yet? Did he he advertise he was coming? All he did was go in the boat and take his foot and go like this and step on the shore. And immediately, all the territorial spirits began to be activated and freaked out because the kingdom of God had come to that territory because of one footstep. Just takes one. Don't be afraid. It just takes one. Don't be mad. It just takes one. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't get depressed. It just takes one. One what? One whatever you need. One God. One Lord. One faith. One baptism. One breath. One anointing. One promise. One word. One angel. One angel came and and took the lives of all the firstborn in, in, in Egypt. One angel came and led all of the children of Israel into the promised land. One. One, and there was one that sat on the throne. One, one, one that looked like the, uh, the Son of Man. One. Just think about uh, one words when one word comes. Adam's hiding in the garden, and just one sentence Adam, where are you? And God reestablished a relationship with somebody who'd broken covenant with them. Right? Zacchaeus! Right? How about these words? Follow me. <laughs> Their life changed. Follow me. Would you turn to John chapter 11? 
John chapter 11. Just takes one. I want to encourage you tonight. One. 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 One time. I used to think I had to go around and get touched and get a new prophetic word every week and get somebody to pray for me again. You know, and you haven't even done anything with the last word you got. You know? It's like buying a bunch of shoes you never wear. You know, you've got this word, that word, that word, that word, this conference, that impartation, that dot of oil, that book, that CD, which you never read. Just takes one. Actually, the first prophetic word you got was when you got your name. John chapter 11. Now, a certain man was sick. It was one man. A certain man. A particular man. Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. And, it was, and this was the Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Right? The sisters therefore sent to him and they said, Lord, the one you love, your best friend, he's sick. Right? He's sick. You know the story. Jesus goes on and keeps preaching and he doesn't go. And sometimes it's like that. We, we pray. We're asking God. And we think we have this relationship. And, and it's a love and it's a promise. But then, you know, we, we, we think it's going to happen this certain way. And we've got a plan and we've got it figured out how God's going to provide. How he's going to shift it. How he's going to restore. How he's going to heal. And the timing. But when it doesn't happen like that, then we start wondering, does he love me? Does he know? Does he care? Is he really God? But it just takes one, one who's supernatural. That means not like me. When Jesus heard that he was sick, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but it is for the glory of God, that the Son of Man may be glorified. Now Jesus loved Martha and, 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 and Mary and Lazarus. Wait, why are they telling us that Jesus loved them? Because something's about to happen that doesn't look like Jesus loves them. How many times does God have to tell you he loves you? How many times does God have to prove to you he loves you? How many? I remember my husband, you know, I, I said, well, how come you never say I love you? And he says, I told you I loved you when we got married. How many times do I got to say it? Right? It says he loved them. And yet, he's in, even though he loves them, he's going to allow some things to happen that doesn't look like love. But when he comes and speaks one sentence, one word, everything's going to change. I keep saying the same thing over and over again because it's somebody here. It's you in this room. <laughs> Can you change my sermon? <laughs> Jesus loved them. When he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days longer in the place where he was. And after this, he told his disciples, okay, let's go to Judea again. And the rabbis said, the Jews that are there want to stone you. Why are we going there? And then he goes on, he says, Lazarus, our friend, is asleep. Now we must go. So he already knows what's happening. He already knows that Lazarus is dead, that Lazarus has died, right? And then, you know, so they get to this thing. Jesus said, are there not 12 hours in a day? And if someone walks in the daytime, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. 
Why would Jesus talk about the light and about it being dark and people falling? So, you know, he's talking about Lazarus. He, uh, he, we, we know that he loves him. And now he's talking about, you know, when you don't have the light, when you don't know what's going on, you stumble, you fall down. If you don't know that this adventure, there's going to be some ups and lows and ups and downs. And you don't know that there's a promise that's eternal and everlasting. And you don't know that God's love is sure and constant. Even if it looks like somebody died. Even if it looks like it's going to be a long time. Like Abraham, you have to believe the promise. Even if it takes a long time. Even if it hurts. Jesus and his word is the light. It will help you through the season that you're in right now. Then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. Let's go and wake him up. And the disciples said, well, Lord, if he's asleep and he's sick, we should let him sleep. Why do you want to go wake him up? Because they didn't know that Lazarus had died. But Jesus, in verse 13, was speaking about his death, but they thought he was speaking about literal sleep. Stop right there. few verses up there. He says, if there's 12 hours in a day, in other words, that's how long a work day is. That's how long the sun is shining, right? Then if you're walking around, you don't fall down because the light's on. Then he says, but when there's no light, if you walk in the nighttime, you'll stumble because you can't see. And in this verse, it says, they thought he was talking about what was natural, That he was talking about sleep in the natural. They did not understand he was talking about supernatural or spiritual things. And often that's how we live. God, why didn't you give me $100 when God's trying to give you an inheritance? God, why didn't you give me a baby when God was trying to give you a nation? You know, God, why didn't I get that preaching gig when God was trying to form Christ inside of you? Why is this happening? Why did I lose my job? Why did I lose my baby? Why did my brother die? Why is it so hard? Why haven't you come? You know, why, why, why? And when we're walking around the dark, we stumble and we fall down because we cannot see. And often if we're looking in the natural, that's all the vision that we have. But this is supernatural. This is supernatural. This is a spiritual life. This is a spiritual thing that is happening. And you have to have spiritual eyes. You have to have spiritual provision. Whether it's strength or faith or money, it must come from heaven. God's trying to tell us tonight, hey, let me turn the light on for you. I'm in control. I've never stopped being in control. I know what I'm doing. I said it before you were born. It's an adventure, remember? This is what happens on adventures. I never promised you a rose garden. I never promised you that we're going to walk through and tiptoeing through the tulips. I never promised you that you could have it your own way like Burger King. (coughs) Special orders do upset him. He's got a plan and a blueprint. And he loves you. And because he loves you more than he needs you to love him, he's going to keep doing what he's doing. I'm going to say it again. Because he loves you more than he needs you to love him, he's going to keep doing what he's doing. Until Christ is formed in you. Until it's big. It's bigger than you see. It's bigger than you imagine. Until Christ is bigger in you. 
One thing about going through all the hardship that we did this last year is I know God is bigger in me. Not that God got bigger because God can't get bigger. God is just God. He's amazing all the time. But God got bigger in me. There were more rooms in my heart that got emptied out. And God filled them up. My faith grew. My hope grew. My strength grew. The word of God grew inside of me. Right? It's big. It's bigger. Why? Why is it, why is it hard? Because it's bigger. Because it's bigger. It's a promise. It's a love. It's supernatural. God wants to burn out all the natural until you become a spiritual, supernatural son of God. Now they thought Jesus was speaking about his... Now Jesus was speaking about his death, but they thought... And he was speaking of literal sleep. Then Jesus there said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there so that you may believe. So let us go. What? I'm glad that he died? I, I, I say it to God sometimes. God, are you happy about this? <laughs> Are you, you know, I remember one time my, my van broke out down in the desert when I was coming back from Mexico. And I, and, you know, I had Mary Humble and Jerusha, and they jumped out of the car and went exploring like little flower children out in the desert, picking flowers, dancing, singing. They were having a good time. Uh, that's not what I was doing. <laughs> I was sitting in a van uh, uh, throwing a temper tantrum. And, and my first thing was, God? Why'd you let my car break down? And did it have to be in the desert where the phone doesn't work? Out in the middle of nowhere? Did it have to be while, you know, now you had all these questions? Why God? God, don't you know? Don't you? God, hello. If I was God, I wouldn't let this happen. Jesus, you know, he doesn't even respond to that. He says, look, for your sake, I'm glad that Lazarus died. How about that? You go to a funeral and say, I'm glad your brother died. I'm glad your mom died. I'm glad they're dead. Try that. Try that as a prophetic word or a word of encouragement. I'm glad for your sake that they died. And honestly, people don't die for themselves. They die for you. Because if they die, they're with Jesus. But for us who are still here, something happens to us through that loss on this adventure that we are along with God. It changes us. And Jesus says, I'm glad for your sake. We should think about that. It doesn't even make sense, does it? I'm glad for your sake that he's dead. <laughs> right? Try that at the next funeral. Go to don't. <laughs> I bet they were looking at Jesus like, I thought you loved him. I thought he was your friend. I, I thought he was the one that you had fun with, that you prophesied over Jesus. I know I'm preaching. <laughs> and I'm, I'm reading people's mouth. I know it. I'm reading my own too. We're having a brain shift here. Because if you heard that, you'd be like, he doesn't even care about Lazarus at all. 
I'm sure they were totally confused. That's what happens when you're walking around the dark. That's what happens when you only see with the natural. That's what happens when you're not living a supernatural life. And you don't see it as an adventure. And you don't go back to the future. Remember what he said in the beginning. That you don't believe the promise. And you don't know that you're loved. And you don't know that it's bigger. You won't act like it's supernatural. Thomas, therefore, who was called Didymus, said to his fellow disciples, All right, well, I guess if, we, if Lazarus is dead and Jesus is going to die, we might as well die too. And sometimes, you know, some of us are on this journey because like, yeah, I'm going to a city whose builder made a curse God. Some of us are like, ah, well, we're going to die. We're going to go bankrupt. You know, I'm going to have cancer. You know, it's going to be bad. I'm going to lose my job again. Something always happens. Let's go. <laughs> That's not the kind of faith that pleases God. But at least you didn't quit. At least you're still on the bike, even if you've got the wrong bike attitude. (laughs) Right? There's some that don't know what's going on, and they just happily go along. And then there's others that are trying to figure it out and get mad and get off the bike. And then others are like, they think they know what's going on. And then with a bad spirit, they just go on and gripe the whole way. (laughs) Jesus is crazy. We're going to (laughs) die. Did you bring us, Moses, out here in the wilderness to die? Were there not enough graves in Egypt? (laughs) Woo, Jesus. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been dead or put in the tomb for four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem about Two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to marry Martha to console them concerning their brother. Martha, therefore, when she heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary sat in the house. It's funny how those who are like the best worshipers and the, the most prophetic and, and they're the most giving people, that when their faith is tested, they're like, that's it, I'm done. I don't care if Jesus is here. He wasn't here when I wanted him. I don't need him now. He just... <laughs> call it processing you know and here's Martha the one that was always busy 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 working and people were questioning her faith or her love for God and she's the one that runs out to Jesus to say where were you (laughs) you know you know there's the loving intercession and there's the why are you crazy intercession both of them get a response from the Lord, I assure you. <laughs> Martha said to Jesus, Lord. I don't think she said, Lord, if you had been here, you would have died. I don't think she said it like that. Come on, she's a Jew. She had spot. She said, Lord, if you had been here, this wouldn't have happened. In other words, what, what, I, I sent a message for you. I had, I had people get mad at me all the time and says, I texted you. I was like, I, I didn't know you were my boss, but okay. Lord, you didn't do what I said when I told you to do it, and now I'm mad. Look what happened. Remember it's supernatural? 
If it's supernatural, it's beyond the natural. It's beyond what I can see. It's beyond what I can observe. That means there's something more to it, something beyond what I see, what I understand. I don't understand it. I just have to believe the promise and stay on the bike. I love this. If you had been here, then my brother would not have died. But even now, interesting. Who would know that Martha had such faith? Because Mary looked like the one that had it all together. You don't know what kind of faith you have either until it gets tested. Remember, it's bigger. God wants Christ to be formed in you and he wants what's in you to come out. The sufferings reveal God's glory. Remember? He, didn't, he's, he died so that the glory of God might be revealed. Some of the things in our lives have to die so that God's glory can be revealed. It might be your marriage. It might be your children. It might be your job. It might be your dream. It might be your finances. I don't know. You know, a lot of things can die. Trust me, I thought I died a long time ago in the waters of baptism. But man, there's still a lot of stuff in me that needs to die. You, you don't even know that that thing is keeping you from God or that it's an idol until God asks you to put it on the altar and let it die. And you're like, no, not that. I remember when I had a blood disorder for seven years and my hair was falling out. I was like, God, not my hair. Not my hair, God. Really? And I finally had to get the place, well, if you want my hair, then you can have it. I'll, I'll just preach with a wig on I was serious I didn't know my hair was that important to me you don't know what's in you but God does and it's bigger it's bigger it's bigger why is this happening because what's bigger in you has to be revealed and sufferings reveal God's glory what do you mean sufferings like having to wait having to lose Having to go through, having to endure, having pain, crying. Even now, though, she said, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give it to you. She challenges Jesus. I love it. You know, when you get in the midst of pain, it'll make what's inside of you come out. So if the devil's in there, that will show up. But if you really love God and the word of God's down deep inside of you and there's a faith that God put inside of you, that'll come out too. You might be crying, God, why did you let that happen? But then that same pain will also make it, God, I know that your word is true. God, I know that you're real. God, I know you're going to show up. And you put a demand on God and challenge him. It comes up out of you. Why is this happening? Because it's big. Because it's supernatural. And you have to come to the end of yourself. And sometimes things have to die. You have to suffer sometimes. Because, you know, we're a living sacrifice and we don't like to die. I have to tell God, tie me to the altar because I might get off when it hurts. 
Maybe I need to be wired onto this bike. (laughs) (laughs) Even now I know that whatever you ask God, God will give it to you. She's challenging him. There's something down deep on the inside of her and a faith and a belief in the word of God and who Jesus is. That You know, while she was in the kitchen working, nobody knew that kind of faith was in that woman to raise the dead. They thought it was in Mary. And sometimes you think you got it all together and you look good. But then when it comes and, you fought, and you're crying and you get all depressed and you, and you start speaking stupid. I remember, you know, a couple times in my life where I went through some really harsh things and I struggled with the depression. And I could not come out of it. I had to have a supernatural encounter with God that God brought me out of that dark pit. I could not pull myself out of it. And I thought I was like Mary, that I was the one at the feet of Jesus, that I loved him. But those who love much can get hurt much. And so when God is testing you and the word of the Lord is testing you and you're on this adventure and all of a sudden what you thought was going to happen is dead. Like Mary, you'd be like, I don't care. I thought you loved me. Where were you, Jesus? I'm not going to come to you anymore. I sat at your feet. My hair. I cried. And the wound can be so deep and you're wondering, God, what are you doing? God says, it's an adventure. I don't like this adventure anymore. You take this back to Walmart now and give me my money back. (laughs) But in the midst of this, what's really inside of you? That God knew was in there all along. The good works that he put inside of you before you were even born. God's orchestrating this adventure up and down. And you know, and it might be hard going up and it might be hard through that valley. But all of a sudden you're going to be back on the mountaintop. And what's in you is going to manifest. And the resurrection power of Jesus is going to be drawn because of your faith. And you didn't even know it was in there, but God does. You say, I don't know what you're talking about. Is that really biblical, Lisa? Yeah, try the book of Job. You know, do you think that God tested Job so that he would know that Job really loved him? God knows everything. He knows which one, when we're going to fail and when we're going to hold fast. He knows which one of us really love him and which ones of us are just serving him because we get something. He, he put Job through that so Job would know. So everybody around Job would know because God already knew. Hey, look at Job. He's my servant. There's nobody like him. And he let the devil do what he did because he already knew what was going to happen. That's a heavy-duty word tonight. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And so Martha's like, "Mm -mm, that ain't good enough. Mm -mm. I've been listening to you. When you said, I'm the resurrection and the life. Remember that? Jesus says, she said, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. I am the life. He who believes in me shall live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She challenges him. Now he flips back around and he challenges her. Do you really believe what you think you believe, girlfriend? How do I know if I really believe God? 
How do I know if you believe God? How do you know if you really have faith? You don't until it's tested. And the test is God's gift to you to bring you to a place of fulfillment, a place where the promise is manifested, a place where it's big, and the supernatural presence of God begins to manifest in your life. And that's not going to happen until you're tested. You'll put a challenge on God and he'll challenge you back. Do you believe this? Do I believe God really knows all things? Do I know, believe that God has a wonderful plan for my life? Do I believe that God is in control of all things? Do I believe God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory? Do I believe that God can heal me? Do I believe that God knows what's going on in my son or daughter's life? Do I believe that God has the power of life and death and everything that he does is good? Even if somebody dies that I love and I could still say God is good? Do I believe? I can say it, but until I have to believe it, I don't know. It's not a reality. It's just a fact. When I, when I live it out, it becomes a part of who I am, and it shakes the foundations of the earth. Puts a demand on heaven. Because God is faithful. He is full of faith. And when I begin to manifest faith, it pleases God and draws on heaven. And heaven begins to be released in my life as that faith that's in me begins to grow and manifest. She said to him, yes, Lord. I have believed. Pay attention to this. We've read this so many times. Have you ever really read this? She says to him, yes, Lord, I have believed. I have believed that you are the Christ, the Son of God, even he who comes into the world. She didn't say, I believe you now. She said, I I have believed. In other words, I already believed it. Maybe I'm believing it now, or maybe I used to believe it, but I don't believe it now. But whatever it means, she says to him, yes, Lord. And when she had said this, she went away and got Mary, her sister, and said, The teacher's here. He's asking for you. When she heard it, she immediately rose and came to him. When Jesus was not even come to the village, he came to a place where Martha had met him. All the Jews were there, and so Mary and Martha, they're all crying, and Jesus starts crying. And people say, See, Jesus really did love him. Listen. Love does make you cry, and there is a time to cry. But just because somebody's crying or not crying, or God pays attention to you when you cry or not, doesn't necessarily mean that's love. Right? Because his love is not that he cried. His love is that he's getting ready to raise him from the dead. And a few more weeks after this, he's going to lay his life down on a cross for his friend. Thank you so much for listening to Warring Dove International's podcast. To find out more about our ministry and how you can partner with us, please visit our website at wardoves.com. And if you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to leave a review, subscribe, and share with a friend. We'll see you next time on our next episode.